episode 249 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Fly with Garmin Avionics, then grab your mobile device and make the Garmin Pilot app your cockpit companion. Get advanced functions you'll use before, during, and after every flight, including updating your aircraft's databases and logging engine data, plan, file, fly, log, with Garmin Pilot. The Pilot the Pilot podcast is brought to you by The Finer Points. You can get a free three-day trial of the Ground School app by visiting learnthefinerpoints.com. This holiday season, purchase a Bose ProFlight Series 2 aviation headset and get a SoundLink micro Bluetooth speaker for free. The headset features active noise cancellation, tap control, and side-swappable mic for ease, comfort, and reliability. It's the lightest, most compact aviation headset from Bose yet. Take advantage of this special offer between November 20th and December 31st. Order yours at bose.com aviation. Aviation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams and I am your host. Today's episode is an Ask Me Anything. I'm finally able to record some kind of episode. Emmett is asleep, so it's a race before the nap ends to see how much of these questions I can answer. So let's not waste too much time. Uh, before we get started, as you've seen in the last couple episodes and if you've seen on Instagram, first form protein bars are saving my life. They are literally my go-to on the road whenever catering is not good or whatever. I just need uh, a quick good protein bar. Uh, if you don't believe me, try it yourself. They're amazing. Links in the bio. Check them out now. And without any further ado, here's the Ask Me Anything episode. All right, let's get started. The first question is, what do you do if you get sick when you're on a trip? It's easy. We take our work phone. We click probably three buttons uh, and we say, hey, we're sick. There's no calling at all. And then boom, we are taken off duty for the whole tour. So they just assume that you are sick for all seven days, all six days, all five days, all four days you have left, whatever it is you have left in your tour, they're going to pull you off. And then by 6 p.m. that day, you need to check in well for the next day. So if you're feeling better, say you just uh, aren't feeling well in the morning and you think you're going to be good enough to work tomorrow, you check in at 5 p.m. and then boom, you're brought back on duty and you are able to work those remaining days of your work schedule. I've had to call sick one time on the road and it was awful. I had Chipotle, never eating Chipotle again. Uh, I guess I have since then, but for, it took me about two years and I was it was awful. So I've only had to use it a couple of times. Uh, I don't like using my sick days. Uh, if I don't have to, I'd rather have a big bank of them. But uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Can you do corporate fractional flying as a part-time job? Uh, fractional, I mean, it depends on what you think of a part-time job. Technically on the seven and seven, I work half the year. So is that part-time? Some people would say yes. I don't know. Um, corporate jobs, maybe you can find a part-time gig, uh, but more than likely with the demand of corporate and fractional flying, they're going to want you full-time and aren't going to be too flexible. Uh, you're going to have to work the schedule they offer. You're not going to be able to go to them and be like, hey, I don't want to work this week. Or, hey, I want to do this and that. You know, you're probably just going to be forced to work what they have just based on what the demand looks like right now. But there is those perfect jobs out there, uh, perfect 91 jobs that you might be able to work part-time. And I believe um, there might be options with wheels up. I don't know. I'd have to, to, to reach out to some of my friends and see, because I know there's one person who also flies acrobatic, aerobatic, not acrobatic, aerobatic airplanes. And um, he, he is technically part-time, I believe. So I'll, I'll check in with him. Did you have a community or support system during your flight training? How did it impact your success? Uh, it was my family, mainly my wife, uh, my parents as well, but just kind of rely on them. My dad's an airline pilot, so I would ask, or was an airline pilot, he retired. Uh, I asked them a bunch of questions whenever I could, but uh, a lot of my wife and I, you know, and my main 
goal and my main kind of um, motivation was just getting it done. Honestly, uh, not even not as fast as I could, but I just wanted wanted to get done with training and I wanted to uh, start getting paid to fly. And it, it is so much better when you get a paycheck to fly rather than when you have to spend your paycheck to fly. So use that as motivation. You know, get it done so you can start earning some money and go fly. How to get a job as a low time pilot without a CFI? Uh, apply everywhere. You know, you just have to put your application into every single company that you think you could work for. So even if they say we need a CFI, or even if they say we need a thousand hours, if you have 500 hours, just apply. The worst thing they could say is no. So I would recommend applying to anywhere and everywhere at all times. I was able to get my job with 300 hours. Uh, A lot of those jobs and a lot of the low time jobs are unfortunately who you know. So if you don't know many people, it might be a little bit more difficult, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. You know, you start that relationship, you send out emails, uh, you give them your resume when you don't have necessarily hours, they might be like, hey, this one kid applied a while ago, let's see where he's at. And they might be able to give you a call if they're struggling for pilots and you never know where to go. So apply anywhere and everywhere. If you could fly any other aircraft in your fleet, what would it be? Um, I'd like to fly the Longitude. That'd be cool. But I I would love to fly the Global. Uh, I'd love to fly the big planes. Um, I would love, ideally, to fly and enjoy time off in Europe and Australia and Asia and Africa, South America, whatever it is. But they run those those planes pretty hard. So I don't even know if that's a goal that I want anymore. I don't really want to go fly in Europe and have 10 hours off or the men duty rest off and, and go do it again. I'd rather um, be stateside and get work like that. So I'm not sure. I, I'd probably default to the global just because that's our biggest airplane and it would be cool to fly that. Does your spouse's occupation influence staying corporate versus airlines? That's actually a really good question. I would say for me, yes, because... When I was getting this job and pre-COVID, when I was possibly thinking about applying to airlines as well, I knew that my current job would let me live almost anywhere in the country. And that gave my wife, who's a doctor, just finished medical school in her residency, it gave her the ability to apply to any residency program with no stress on my career because I could literally go to any airport I wanted to, uh, essentially. Um, when I say literally, there's probably like 150 I could choose from, so the chances are pretty good. There was one place she applied where it would have been a two-hour drive, and I was really, really hoping we wouldn't get that. But we didn't, so it worked out. But yes, I would say my wife's job does influence my decision to stay here or to go somewhere else. Um, not as much now as it did before. She might have another application window coming up, so that's another benefit uh, for the same thing that I just said. Wherever she applies, I have the ability to go fly at any airport, which would be amazing because I do not want to commute. It would be awful. Even thinking about living where I live now and commuting to Charlotte, which is about a two-hour drive, just does not sound like it would be fun. Do you think quality of life at 135, 91, and 91K carriers will surpass the majors? That's a tricky one. I, I would have to say it might get to where the majors are right now, but I do not seeing it ever surpass it. It's the nature of the beast. A lot of times it's on demand. There are those perfect 91 jobs that you might be able to find that perfect quality of life and good pay. But I do think with the majors hiring, with all the pay from the regionals, I do think that corporate and fractional are going to have to get a little bit more um, 
not interesting. What's the word I'm looking for? They have to get a little bit more uh, flexible with quality of life. Now, I don't know how that's going to work out. And the way I think of it too is I don't necessarily want 20 hours off in these random places that we stay. Sometimes I'd rather just go fly as long and to make as much money as I possibly can in a seven-day period. And there's other times where you're in Austin, like last time, and I had a day off, which was amazing. Oh, granted, it's because my captain called in sick and he went home early, but I had a day off and it felt great. I don't want that day off in some really, really tiny town in the middle of nowhere. So it's really a double-edged sword. You know, I would love to have more quality of life. And I think there is a little bit uh, a better way to have more scheduling stability um, to make your life a little bit easier and not as many quick turns. So I think there is definitely some flexibility that they can find ways to make our quality of life better in that industry. Now, do I think there's going to be the one leg and done and then you have 20 hours off? Probably not. It's just the nature of the business. Uh, it all comes down to the pilot shortage. If it's something that they think they need to offer to make sure they can attract pilots, then I think they'll do it. But if they don't think they need to, I don't think they will. I think the pay will eventually get up to where the airlines are or relatively close, way closer than it is right now. I just have a hard time seeing the schedule and quality of life getting to where those are. Single best FBO. Man, that's a great question. Um, None of them really stick out to me, to be honest with you. Uh, I can't really think of one that I really, really love more than others. It's more airports. I like Jackson Hole. Uh, To me, I don't spend much time in FBOs. It's just kind of in and out, get the fuel. I tend to stay in the airplane more than the FBO. Um, I would say snacks are pretty great. So the more snacks you have, the better. ACI Jet down in John Wayne. That's a great one. Um, Pretty much anywhere that has a lot of snacks and a lot of drinks. So even Millionaire down in Houston Hobby, they got a big drinking machine with a few snacks. That's amazing. Heard your company is hiring a 1500 total time. If you pay for your own ATP, thoughts on this versus the regionals? That's a tricky question. Um, It depends on what you want your end goal to be. If your end goal is to fly a 787 for United American a 350 for Delta, then you need to go to the regionals. It's just, you're not going to be happy at a place like this if you do not have the right goals in the mindset. Now, on the flip side of that, if you are not 100% sold on the 121 track, or even if you're just like hesitating a little bit, I do think it's worth it to try something. I do think it's worth it to come to a fractional to see if you like it, because you never know. You might come here and you might end up loving it. You might love the seven on seven. You might love having the ability to some people love this, to never know where you're going. That is a huge, huge, huge benefit to some people. To other people, it sounds like the worst thing in the world, but to a lot of people, they actually like it. So I'd say depends on what your angles are because I know that the fractionals do not want to hire people that would eventually leave them in three to five years to go to major. So if your goal is major no matter what, or FedEx or UPS, you should probably stay that route. But if you want to take a chance and if you want to see what this life is, then I definitely think it's worth it over the regionals. Let's take a break from today's episode to hear from our sponsor, RAA. Okay, time out for a quick PSA. It's open enrollment season again. That once a year window to sign up for changes in your airline benefits, including medical coverage, disability, 401k, and others. Now, this is important because these are pivotal decisions that can significantly impact you and your family's financial future. So this isn't the time to wing it. So do what I do and schedule a free benefits optimization review from our partners at RAA. An airline specialized advisor will go over your plan and help tailor your election so you'll know you're making the best possible decisions for your personal needs and goals and maximizing your airline's benefits to the fullest. But your open enrollment period will fly by. So go to raa.com slash pilot to pilot, that's pilot to pilot to schedule your complimentary benefits review today. 
While you're there, check out their Open Enrollment Resource Center where you'll find videos, articles, and more tools to help guide you through this crucial decision period. Don't miss out. Go to raa.com slash pilot the pilot. That's pilot, T-O, pilot. And now back to today's episode. What are the best type of cowboy boots for flying? Uh, Blundstones, I think they're called. That's what I rock and wear. Those are the ones that George Dunn makes fun of me all the time because he wears these $30 nasty old man gout looking shoes. And yeah, I don't wear whatever George wears. Get the boots. They're amazing. They keep your feet cold. They, sorry, they keep your feet warm and dry all throughout the year. Talk about any new gear you have. Uh, ProFlight. ProFlight Series 2 headset, that's what I've been rocking a lot. Garmin Aviation Watch is probably my single favorite tech that I own right now. It is amazing. Uh, whether it's a D2 Air X10 or it's Mach 1, you can't go wrong with those watches. They're amazing. Not even the aviation features, just the everyday use, the battery life. I highly, highly recommend that. Uh, I love the book bag I, I bring on the road. I wish it wasn't a book bag, but that's what it was when it came. I think they now offer a different brand or a different style of book bag without the straps, but it's uh, Air SF, A-E-R underscore SF. They make some solid stuff. I'm not loving my way bag right now. It's just scratched up and beat the crap. So I'm probably in the market for a new bag. But I think that's about it. Um, first form clothes to travel on the road. I got one of their hoodies. It's lightweight. It's packable. It's breathable. It's great. Their shorts are amazing. Rival the best quality uh, of Lulu or anywhere else or Nike or whatever you'd want. So uh, check all those out. Those are all pretty great. Did your company pay for your ATP CTP? No, I had to pay for that with my own money and it was the worst experience of my life. I thought it was the biggest waste of $5,000. I went to Sporties. Uh, sorry to call them out, but it was just absolutely awful. We watched, um, what was it, air-to-air uh, accident videos the whole time. Barely talked about anything. I didn't learn a single thing. We won a DC-9 simulator, uh, and we just didn't do much. Like I, just, I don't know. I could think of a better way to spend $5,000, and that was not how I want. Uh, do you eat onions in a crew meal? It depends on where it comes from, so possibly. I know you didn't do a CFI, but do you think it helps someone become a better pilot? Absolutely. Uh, you'll ask any CFI, anyone that went the CFI route, they learned way, way more about being a pilot or people when they were actually being a CFI. So it will make you a really, really good pilot. What's the best way to get flying corporate? Is it a good idea to start at a regional? Um, we hire the same hiring men's that a regional has. So if you want to start, just apply. You can come over here uh, at the same time you can go over to regional. The exact same hiring men's. As a 121 FO with extensive training delay, should I jump ship to a fractional? Come on over, man. If you are pretty frustrated with the 121 life, uh, and like I said earlier in this podcast, if it's something that you don't have your mind set on to be a, a major airline captain, then yeah, come over here, see what it's all about. But if you are going to leave here in three years to go over there, then I would recommend staying. Uh, is there anything about? Is there anything you miss about your old survey freight jobs now that you're done with them? I missed the PC12, Bay Lotus. That was a great plan to fly. Um, let's see. No, <laughs> there's not. Uh, I mean, they're great for the time. Uh, they were looking back on them. I have some fond memories, but it was a different world of aviation back then, if that makes sense. They could treat the pilots a little bit worse than what they do now, a lot way worse. Um, that's not really good English, but you know what I mean? So the world is a little bit different in the way they viewed pilots and how they treated them. Rest is terrible. I was always tired. Uh, survey job, I had engine failure, had a ton of maintenance issues, but the freight job, I missed that PC-12. It was an awesome, awesome plane. 
Are you under contract or flying? Does your company guarantee hours per year? Nope. We are actually technically salary pilots. So we will make a set salary if we fly or if we don't fly. But we also get paid after 10 hours of flying, we get $148 an hour. And we usually average about 20 to 25 hours. A year or two ago, we would average about 30 hours. So uh, we've hired more pilots. We had to do some contracting out with other companies, not our contracted flying. uh, And it's gone down a little bit. But we are flying more than we ever have. What's your upgrade times at your current company? When I got hired, there were FOs that are here for 15 years. We just upgraded all of those. So we are now getting down to the seven to five year range. Um, they're actually predicting the possibility of three year upgrades in the next year or two. So definitely a time to come here if this is what you want. Are recession fears starting to infiltrate the cockpit amongst most pilots? I'd say yes and no. Uh, A lot of people are oblivious to kind of what's going on and and just are hoping that it's not going to be bad. Uh, Some people are spreading fear and talking about how it is going to be bad. Uh, I think the conversation is starting, but I don't necessarily think there's much of a a freak out going on. I don't think that uh, everyone is is too, too worried right now just because it's a constant up and down and who knows what could actually happen. You just try to live the life that you best that you can and and enjoy it in the moment and save for those, those future recessions. Uh, if that makes sense. So I would say yes and no, if that is a, a good answer. Just once again, I would like to know your answers to the rapid fire questions. I will have to do a full episode on that. <laughs> I'll have someone interview me to do that. Does the fractional company pay for your commute if you don't live in base? We have bases all over the country, like some 150 of them. So they will buy you an airline ticket to the latitude or whatever airplane you have. They'll buy you to and from. So you do not... Technically, I guess you are commuting, but it's all up to them. So your, your flight cancels, it's all up to them to book you another one to get you home or to get to the airplane. You don't worry about that at all. You sit in the terminal and uh, you just answer questions at a random airport where the gate is and you have no idea and they look at you like, but you're a pilot. How do you not know? <laughs> Crew meals. And have you ever turned down trips? Example, eight packs in the Aspen with luggage. The Latitude can, eight, can take eight packs into Aspen with luggage, no problem. So we would never turn that down. Um... No, we've never turned down a trip. You know, we can't necessarily turn down a trip. Um, if there's obviously some safety issue with weather, winds, we just do the best option that provides our owners with the best experience. So, example, if we're going to Aspen, the weather looks bad, good rifle, no questions asked. Uh, they never doubt us. They know that we know what we're doing. We're not trying to screw them over. Uh, we take the safest and best approach to everything. So, if we don't think something's safe or we don't think something's going to work out, we have uh, that communication early. We set the the picture from the beginning. You know, we call our owner services. We have them plant the bug. They're like, hey, the weather's really bad. This might not, we might not be able to get them to their intended destination. They could be like, all right, well, they want to go tomorrow. Or like, all right, they really want to try. It's like, okay, but just like plant the bug. We might have to go to an alternate airport. And sometimes that's not close. So we try to have that conversation early. We try to really paint them a realistic picture of um, the options that they have and let them choose the best option for them. And we, we do the best that we can. So safety is obviously the number one priority. And we try to make sure that we do that every time. Um, let's see. How much longer do you think the pilot shortage will last? You know, I was saying indefinitely. There was, um, I can't remember if it was an Alpa or if it was someone came out and said that they think the pilot shortage could be somewhat solved in a couple of years. Uh, I'm calling BS on that. I think that there's going to be a shortage for the foreseeable future. And unfortunately, we're starting to see the only solution I think there is to the pilot shortage, and that is going to single pilot. Uh, as you can see, I think it's EASA, the European Union, they are trying to pass some bills right now that are, are pretty terrifying for aviation. So 
uh, go ahead and, and read up on that and really be aware of what's going on. So <laughs> check that out. But I think that's the only solution, to be honest with you. Uh, what's your wife's job and the childcare look like where you're working? My wife's job, she is a doctor. She works about 100 hours a week. It's pretty terrible. She <laughs> barely sees Emmett, which is awesome. But um, it's tough. Uh, we are lucky that my mom and dad live a couple hours away. They drive up on one of my seven-day rotations, and they come hang out with Emmett. And then my mother-in-law comes down as well. But Aviation, that's all the time I got for you right now. Emmett is waking up from his nap. Uh, it was a nice short one-hour nap. But I hope you're having a great day. And remember, check out the link below. The best protein bars, clothes, everything. First Swarm's down there. Also, shout out to Garmin and all my sponsors. But Aviation, I hope you're having a great day. And as always, happy flying.